Hey guys, welcome back to the Calvary Student Connection podcast. This is Madison Banks, and I'm joined with my dear friend, Kaysen Kelly. Hey guys. So what are we going to be talking about today, Kaysen? We actually have three important questions that we're going to answer about worship. So first up, why do we worship? Secondly, how do we get it wrong sometimes? And how do we worship? So, Madison, yes, did you have a good Easter? I did. I went home and visited my family, and uh, it was a very different Easter with not being able to actually go to church. Um, But we got to listen to like my mom's or my family's home church on Mm -hmm. TV, and then we got to see Justin and the worship team and. Yeah, all of that. And we were on there. Yeah, we got to watch ourselves on TV. How cool is that? Do you think you can handle the no, fame? No, I was going to ask you that. <laughs> I don't know. I was giving my family their autograph, like my autograph, and they didn't ask for it. So My little brother Chaney texted me afterwards, and he said, hey, I just saw you on TV. Yeah. Yeah. So You're like, please I, talk to my agent. Like, I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Text my agent first. Make sure that I'm not in a meeting or something. I'm busy. Okay. Yeah. So it was it was good. Um, I love being with my family. So yeah, we yeah. picked up an Australian accent, and so I've been practicing. That. How did you pick up an Australian accent? <laughs> you know, like um, you just when you start thinking about Australian and the way it sounds, <laughs> it just sounds so good. Yeah. And it is very hard to not sound British when you're talking Australian. So, did you have a good Easter? I did. I had a great Easter, and. We were at home in the Perez household, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, his David's parents came over for just a little bit and watched the kids hunt their Easter eggs. So that was fun. We had the <clears throat> the I don't remember what they're called. They're not chicharrones. Uh, Conchas. The confetti eggs. Oh yes. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't remember what they're actually called, but the confetti eggs and the kids were chasing everyone around with those eggs, trying to crack them on their head. Did you get one cracked on you? I did get one cracked on me, but I have to say I evaded pretty well. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. And I didn't break myself in the process, but (laughs) I, I had to let them catch me and crack one on my back because I didn't want them in my hair. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. The worst ones are the flower ones. Have you ever gotten those cracked on you? The I don't flower? think I have. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are messy. Yeah. But it's all in the spirit of Easter. <laughs> yes. So, yes. Yes. And what is the spirit of Easter, Madison? We are celebrating the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. And that actually leads us into our topic today, which is worship. Why do we worship? Yes, it's a good question. And there are a couple of reasons that we we do offer worship. And the first is uh, just the fact that God is the creator, and he created us in his image, and that alone deserves our worship. And uh, Colossians 1.16, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Yes. And it has stuck with me, and it speaks volumes to this subject. It says, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, 
all things were created through him and for him. So that's telling us that he was preeminent. He existed before anything else did. And um, just to create us with his image is placing his stamp on us. Mm. It's And with the coming of his son, um, that is like him pressing his face into our world, revealing himself to us. So do you know those little, they're, they're like a toy, but they're like a board with a bunch of holes with pegs in it. <gasps> yes. You know what I'm a talking about? A cracker barrel, yes. Yes. So it's, <laughs> it's so like fun. those where you can press your hand into it mm-hmm. and you can see your hand laid out with those pins that are sticking through the, the other side of the board, right? Yes. So in the same way, God impressed on this world that we live in his image which is Jesus Christ. And so that's another reason that we worship is actually the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so talking about Easter in itself just talks about the sacrifice and the whole purpose of that uh, holiday. Um, so John 3.16 spells it out really well about the the sacrifice that happened. So it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So right then and there, it just shows you that God sent his one and only son for us that was sinless to be tempted in every single way here on earth and then have the ultimate sacrifice at the end of his life for us so that we could have eternal life with him. And so that is such a beautiful picture of what love is. Um, that is love. And it is just one of the reasons of the why we worship him because of what he's done for us. Yes. Yes. Very nice. Um, so because he's the creator and because he made that ultimate sacrifice of sending his son to die on the cross and then be raised up again, conquering death, we owe everything to him and we can't repay him for what he's done. There's, there's too large of a gap there. We just can't do it. So we owe to him our worship in place of what he's done for us. So that is the reason that we worship. And it's important that we worship him rightly. We we sometimes fall short in worship just simply because we're humans and we do make mistakes. Yeah. That flesh of the old man just keeps rising up in us. But we need to keep that in check and... Um, John 4.24 actually tells us to worship in spirit and in truth. And the way we keep that old man in check, the flesh that we have crucified, is to worship in spirit and in truth. So when John is writing about these words that Jesus has spoken, the lowercase s in spirit tells us that he's referring to that inner man, not the mind, not the body, but the spirit of man. And that is the level on which we worship God. It is not the flesh, the outwardness that portrays our worship to him, rather the inner being. So how do we get it wrong? That's That's a a big question. question. Yeah. And one of the ways that we do end up getting it wrong is just thinking of God as lower than he actually is. And that can be the root to all kinds of problems. In fact, 
most of the problems that we see in the church can be related back to thinking of God not as he is. In Romans one twenty one, Paul writes that although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. This behavior of not glorifying him as God eventually led to them uh, worshiping idols, images of man and of animals. So we see here directly that these lowly thoughts of God have planted themselves in the hearts of these people and have sprouted as idolatry. So that is something that we have to keep in check in ourselves. And not only did those thoughts create idols later on, but those thoughts themselves are idols. So if we don't think of God as he is, then we are effectively creating our own God of our own fancies. And then we set that God up on a pedestal and worship him as the true living God. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. Right. So we have to be sure that we keep that side of us in check. The second part of John 4.24, we already talked about worshiping in spirit, but we also have to worship in truth. And the truth is coming from the Bible, which we know to be the ultimate source of truth. Yes. And so if we take everything that the Bible tells us about the character of God and his uh, characteristics, then we assemble that together to create our vision of God how we think about God. So if we take those things from the Bible, mash them all together, and uh, come out with a right view of God, Mm -hmm. then we don't need to worry about thinking of him lower than he is, because that truth is informing how we think of God. So that is how we're going to worship in spirit and in truth. And that is just one way that we get it wrong. But another is to think that worship is actually for us. Here's a hot take. Worship is not for you. (gasps) Wow. (laughs) An unspoken but increasingly common assumption is that worship is primarily for us. We think that it's to meet some need that we have, but that's not the case. Worship that's driven by that assumption is almost solely focused on entertainment. And the worshipers in that instance have become uncommitted spectators who sit down and silently grade this kind of performance, which is not at all what it should be. And that philosophy tends to lead us to a self-centered attitude about worship. So what can this song do for me? Or what can this preacher preach that's going to speak to me in a certain way. A sign that this kind of philosophy is rooted in the church is a common post-worship question that is, what did you think of the service? (laughs) Yeah. So a more important question to ask would be, what did God think of the service? And what did he think of those that worshiped? Or maybe, what did I give to God? Because those are the more important questions that we should be asking not how it can serve us, but how can we serve God through worship? Yeah. And I I like that you talked about, um, like, what can I get out of this? The, the me mentality of it. Mm -hmm. Um, because 
whenever you're maybe you go to a church or you see a pastor that's up there that you're maybe not super fond of <laughs> um i've had this happen this is real real world experience Uh-oh, here it comes <laughs> here comes a conviction <laughs> um i there's a pastor that i just i was not a fan of her she would come on like you know whenever they kind of switch out or whatever yeah and so i was like oh every time she'd get on and it usually be when i was visiting family mm-hmm. and so i'd be like oh man of all the days she's gonna preach but when i started like changing my mindset and perspective instead of like that negative mentality like oh what she's gonna say i just don't even want to yeah. hear it because of how she's gonna deliver it or whatever instead of thinking like that rather than what is god gonna show me right now what is he going to open up in my heart or reveal to me in these moments? And regardless of who's saying it, of course, you want it to be aligned with the scripture and, and be speaking truth. Um, but you want to make sure that in those moments, you're just not even letting the person be, be the one that you're focused on. Let it be mm-hmm. the words um, that they're speaking. If it's truth, let it let it sink into your heart and let it change you. Um, and so, yeah, the the perspective and the way you look at those things is is really important, not yeah, what is it going to do for me? But what is God going to show me in these moments? And like you said, what did God think of what that person said? And discern those words too. Mm-hmm. Don't just take them for what they are. Yeah. Be a Berean. We got to check Berean. the scriptures to see if yep. it's true. Yeah. All the time, constantly. So now that we know why we worship and a couple ways that we may tend to get it wrong, yep. let's move on to how we actually worship. We Yeah, this is good. Tangible we, ways. How do we do this? <laughs> yeah, we have a segment that we usually put at the beginning, and that's us talking about music. Beep, so, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> this is a great place to go into the music. Do you have a song that you'd like to share with us? I do have a song that I would like to share. So this is kind of funny because I obviously have listened to this before, but my memory is so poor. I sent this to, you know, whenever we have good music, we send it to our friends because we just mm-hmm. want them to hear it. And oh, yeah. like, this is so beautiful. Listen to it. Um, So I sent it to Amy <laughs> last night and she texts me back. She's like, yeah, remember we listened to this at your house? And I was like, oh, no, I don't remember. <laughs> so I've listened to it before, but I was like, oh, this is new. This is fresh. This yeah. is a good beat right here. Um, So it's called Clean by Hillsong United. Whenever I was thinking about talking about like worship, I wanted I kept thinking about like the sacrifice and what God's done and just like salvation. And so that's what Clean is talking about. And I'm pulling up the lyrics, but it's just talking about how He's purified us, um, made us clean and holy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it was so refreshing to like hear it. I mean, it's called Clean, so it just like I don't yeah. know, it just feels so refreshing. Um, and it's not even like a lot of words, but it's just like the way that she sings. Um, I don't know her name. She's the lady with the shorter hair, the blonde hair. <laughs> Speaking of clean, that reminds me of something that I saw in Leviticus. Uh, I believe it was Leviticus 3 when God is laying out for the Israelites how they are to go about offering a sin offering. And it says that the garments that have been sprinkled with blood can only be cleaned in a certain place, a holy place. And it's actually a beautiful picture that is pointing forward towards Jesus. We know that Jesus is on every page of the Old Testament. And this is one of those instances where I was very taken aback by the kind of subtlety 
but also boldness in which Jesus is present in this area of Leviticus. The cleanness there is representative of what Jesus has done for us. So when the garment was stained with blood, it would be tainted or it would be ceremonially unclean. And so they would have to go into the holy place and wash that garment. And then when that garment came out, it was again consecrated. And so I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah. it it does point back to Jesus. And when you said clean, that <laughs> popped into my mind. Yeah, my the the main thing of the song, it's like it's so simple, like I said, it, there's not even a lot of words. Um, but it says, Because of Jesus my heart is clean. So it's like it's it sounds so simple. Like mm-hmm. because of him, I'm clean, I'm purified, I'm a new creation and so i i really love that song a lot and so singing that listening to it that's that's a form of worship right there yes (laughs) so i do want to clarify i said leviticus 3 it is actually leviticus 4 where it's talking about the sin offering so be a berean correct (laughs) we just bereaned that that's right (laughs) do you have a song that that you have been listening to yes it's actually a brand new song. It came out just a couple of days ago. It is Still by Allie Page. And I absolutely love it. So the the song goes, Still my heart, I breathe you in, God. I don't have to think too hard. I don't have to chase your presence. Obviously, the title is Still. So she's kind of talking about how she doesn't need to chase God. He Mm. is wherever she is. And I think it's often a misconception that we think when we worship, we're trying to to bring God in and to let him fill the place that we're in. Like We invite him into the congregation, but the scripture tells us that wherever two or more are gathered in his name, he's there with us already. Right. We don't have to work too hard or like Ali said, think too hard she doesn't have to chase his presence and we don't either he's always everywhere but there is a a special presence that comes out when you congregate with other believers this is a hot take but i think (laughs) that that older folks in the church know this better than anyone else because they've stuck around so long and they've seen this phenomena of god's presence in the place of worship. I think that if you get the chance to talk to someone who's been around the church for a while, they will tell you that there is definitely something special about many people gathering in the name of the Lord. So, mm, that's good. That spiritual wisdom right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. From from the older people, that's what I'm saying. Yes, yes. <laughs> not from me, from them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair. So that is, again, Still by Allie Page. Got some bops. Yep. That's what good music is. Yep. Bop. Sure. <laughs> so what is one more way that that we can offer our worship? Yeah, so another way that we can offer our worship, which we've talked about before, is quiet time. Um and really just studying the word, um, and being in the word. Whenever you feel far or like you have maybe a lack of knowledge, the word is always there for you and it's always ready for you to read it and it's God breathed Mm -hmm. and it's good and it's pure and it's true. So, um, 
that is a form of worship, just being in the presence of the Lord and reading what he's given us. All of this knowledge is here for us as a free gift. Yep. And so like, let's take advantage of it. And that part is worship. So spending that, that intentional time with the Lord, reading through the scriptures, reading through different books, um, and maybe not just by yourself, but like with other people as well. Um, having that time to, to groom through the scripture is such a beautiful moment of an act of worship. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's going to bring you ultimately closer to the Lord and and closer in your spiritual journey. Yeah. That's awesome. I want to bring in a verse right here to inform us about the next thing that we can do. And this is kind of overarching. So this will grab all of these topics and kind of mash it together. Here we go. Mashed potatoes. Mash topics. <laughs> <laughs> Romans twelve one says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Instead of the sacrifices of the Old Testament, which were killed yes. to cover the sins, <laughs> since Jesus came to die for us, he was that ultimate sacrifice. So here... Paul is writing to the Romans and telling them that their sacrifice is to be a living sacrifice. They are to present themselves in the body, which is actually how it would have been read in the Greek that it was written in. So present yourselves in the body as a living sacrifice. So their whole lives are to be lived out as a sacrifice. It's not just one instant of an animal dying that is going to atone for them. But Paul is telling them that they need to dedicate every waking moment of their lives to becoming a a suitable servant. And the last part of that verse, he says, which is your reasonable service? That tells us that it's not unreasonable to present your life wholly to the Lord. And it is reasonable to do that. So that's what we ought to do. Yeah, and that's so good. I mean, it devoting your life every intangibly, your words, your actions, your thoughts, all of those things can be devoted to him mm-hmm. as a living sacrifice. Yes. Living that word out, that's worship right there. Absolutely. Yeah, so that kind of brings the quiet time, the gleaning of the word into the living of the word. So we are to take that message that he sent to us in the Bible and we are to live it out in yes. our daily lives. Yeah. Use that instruction book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. Yes. Very helpful and awesome to have. Yes. Um, this living for God is the ultimate expression of worship. Because in these, if we do this, if we live out our life as a sacrifice to him, all of these other things fall into place. Yeah. We Naturally, will be, they just come. Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. can't not sing your praises to him. You can't not want to turn back to his word and you can't not want to congregate with other believers which is actually our our next point of how we can worship yeah that's so good um whenever you are learning about the lord and really for like new believers too when you first realize like oh my gosh god is so good Mm -hmm. jesus sacrificed his life for me that kind of thing then you just want to be around that all the time you want to like just engulf yourself in the word and then be surrounded by people that are doing the same thing. Yep. And even people that have more wisdom, like you just want to keep learning about it. Like you just have this thirst for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so talking about the church and the congregation, it's important to to be plugged to some church where you can 
learn about the scripture from um, a more a, a wiser um, you know pastor whoever it is mm-hmm. um, that's teaching the word um, that is living their life as the example of a Christian um, that is a good example for you especially if you're newer in your faith too um, and so also just being surrounded by that community um, whether it's a small group or a one-on-one discipleship having those people around you to keep you accountable to live out the word and things like that that's that's what the beautiful part of the church is and in um the whole uh-huh. mission. Yeah, so it kind of reminds me of, (laughs) hang with me here for a second. It reminds (laughs) me of the mob mentality. So in a mob, (laughs) people can be like egged on by others to do worse things than they could if they were individuals. But in the same way, believers who are congregating together can spur each other on towards that image of Christ that we're all chasing. So that is another great part of of worshiping in a group setting. We can all egg each other on to the finish line. And that is awesome. Yeah, that's so good. Like you're running next to these people that are in Mm -hmm. their faith. And when someone maybe is is struggling with something, you have that person to pray for you or to that you can lean on and see how they dealt with it. Just that spiritual wisdom, too. It's it's so nice to know you're not alone in this journey. Like God allowed these people to be with you so you could grow together. Mm -hmm. You're not all alone. Awesome. Yeah, so that brings us to the last way that we can worship. I don't mean to say that as this being an exhaustive list, but this is the the last one that we're going to talk about tonight. Yes. That is prayer. It's a devotion to the Lord. It is quite literally thinking God's thoughts after him. So he purposes prayer in our hearts. So he puts these thoughts and desires within us and we simply reciprocate it back to him. It's like a, a racquetball bouncing off of the wall. Have you ever played wall ball? Um, I remember watching kids in okay. school do that. Yeah, probably at recess. <laughs> yeah. I used to play it at recess in elementary school. So we would grab a racquetball. We'd throw it at the wall as hard as we could. It would bounce off and come back to the group of kids that's, that's playing. And we'd catch it and throw it back at the wall. So that's basically what we're doing. God is sending us that racquetball, which is these thoughts of prayers, and it's hitting us, which is the wall, and bouncing back to him. That's such a good analogy. But we can't catch it when it hits us. We can't just take (laughs) it in. We do have to send it back. Yeah. And uh, if if we think of prayer as thinking God's thoughts after him, then it carries some implications. So how... How do we receive that inspiration that uh, we need to pray about something? Well, it's living by the Spirit. God has placed His Spirit within us, and He gives us guidance to what we should pray about. As long as we're tuned into the Spirit, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have those spiritual insights to pray the things that need to be prayed upon. And the Bible tells us that the Spirit uh, intercedes for us in prayer, in ways that we can't even utter. That's very encouraging that when you don't know what to pray about, pray about him letting you know what to pray about. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's really it's really awesome that he does that for us. Yeah. So in prayer, we fully submit ourselves to him. And that is that is worship right there. It's submitting ourselves to the one who is holier than us. Yeah, and I think that 
your prayer life should should look like something, not just a wish list as if yeah. God is a genie. <laughs> yeah. Because that is probably not or maybe not in line with his will of what he's maybe that's not, you know, if I want a million dollars. Yeah. Praying for that versus God, what is your will is right. those are completely different things. Yes. And uh, if we do pray within his will, we should expect him to answer that prayer. Yes, that's so good. But like you said, I want a million dollars. Well, it's probably not in his will that you have a million dollars. Yeah. If it is, that's awesome. And be generous with that. But if it's not, then he has no obligation to grant you that. Yeah. But if we pray and ask him to reveal his truth to us as we're reading the Bible, then yeah, that is absolutely his will. And he will answer that in remarkable ways. Yeah. Uh, so I am going to wrap us up right here. I wanted to leave us with a quote from Eugene Peterson. And this kind of sums up what we've been talking about this entire time. Eugene Peterson says, Worship is an act which develops feelings for God, not a feeling for God which is expressed in an act of worship. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. And it took me a second to wrap my mind around that. But what he's saying is so true. Worship is a time where we should be turning ourselves towards him and orienting our heart in such a direction that it reflects him. So worship is serving him. It's not serving us like we were talking about earlier. Right. And that is going to wrap us up for this episode. I hope that everyone is staying healthy and still doing well, getting along with all of the people that you're quarantined <laughs> with. And we really just can't wait to see everyone when we get back to church. And uh, we've been expressing that as much as we can, but it's truly on our hearts yes. that we want to congregate with everyone again. We want to see your smiling faces. And we just cannot wait for that. I will be looking forward to meeting with everyone again, and I know that Madison will too. Oh, yes. Can't wait. And with that, we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you.